Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson. Matthew Dickerson. Tech, 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 tech talk. Tech, 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 tech talk. Sit back and relax. It's time to talk technology. Greetings, shoppers. I'm here with a friendly reminder that your chance to buy the perfect present is running out fast, and you have five or less shopping days depending on when you access this uh, this podcast. Now, if you've tuned in on Sunday then you have exactly negative one days left of Christmas shopping. But the good news is, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Now, I hope this next 45 minutes or so are going to come in handy at some all the same. Though maybe perhaps for birthday present ideas as we hurdle headlong towards 2023. Welcome to Tech Talk with Matthew Dickerson for our special Christmas 2022 gift ideas edition. I'm James Eddy, and not Matthew Dickerson, but this man is... And a hearty season's greeting to you, Matthew. Have a glass of some warm eggnog on this toasty summer afternoon and fill us full of some of your yuletide cheer. <laughs> I'll wait till after the show for the eggnog, but good idea in general. Warm eggnog on a hot summer's day. Ooh, <laughs> what bad could go choice, wrong? <laughs> in the words of uh, Will Ferrell. Now, I've got a special name for this gift edition, of course. I call it the 5G for Christmas. Nothing to do with mobile phone technology, but all to do with the great Geek Gadget Gift Guide, the five Gs <laughs> for Christmas. Ah, we love the alliteration. <laughs> That's right. Now, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next year because I've got to come up with another G there and one doesn't stick out to me, but we'll just go for 5G for the moment. We'll wait till 6G for a little while to come along. <laughs> but before we get started, I just want to talk about e-stuff. So we like our EVs. We've talked about those. Yeah. We've probably talked about e-scooters before. Is there anything you can't make e? <laughs> well, probably not. It's a bit like i and iPhone. You just <laughs> right. go with something groovy, put an i in front of it. But as long as it's electric, then you chuck an e in front of it. And there's a few e's in our list today. But I love my bike riding. I love my mountain bikes. And I race mountain bikes. It's fantastic. And there's a few guys in our club that actually do have e-bikes, e-mountain bikes. You're not going with an e-bike, are you? Well, no, not quite, but very close to it. I can't imagine that because that would take the hard work out of your legs and you're a man who likes to <laughs> That's right, and it is get the best out of your ride. It is a bit disheartening when you're racing in a race, and we have handicaps and everything, so it's all quite fair and even. No one really complains about it, but you're going up a hill in a three-hour race and there's a guy beside you on an e-bike, and I have actually said to him during a race, <laughs> so is the battery going to run out before the end? No, nah, it's got five hours of battery left. Damn, I've got to just try to work harder to get past you. <laughs> but I love going for rides with my kids, but unfortunately I feel like I'm just not quite riding fast enough when I'm riding with my kids because they don't ride as often as I do, so they don't ride quite as fast. So we went out and said, you know what? Maybe I should get soft on behalf of my kids. So we just bought an e-mountain bike for one of my kids. Oh, right. And it's fantastic because yeah. she now rides at the same pace that I ride at. I can ride at the pace that I want to ride at and go as hard as I like. She's doing it almost a bit too easy, depending on how easy she wants to do it, turning the e-bike up or down. But I've played around with them before and I've ridden them before. I'm not getting as soft as taking as my normal bike. But gee, what a great way to commute. What a great way to get around. Yeah. Because if you wanted to, again, if she cranks it up, to the highest level, I'm going flat out, working my little legs <laughs> off as hard as I can, heart rate up around 160, and she's cruising along beside me just going, so what are we doing this weekend, Dad? All chatty and tell you, we, we get to the top of this hill. <laughs> so they are a great thing, and the modern e-bikes, they're getting so much better. My bike is about 10 kilos, so it's you know, quite a nice carbon mountain bike. This bike only weighs 17 kilos, oh, wow. but you've got all that, it's about 70 kilometre range on it, 70 mm. kilometre range, and the motor on it looks quite slim. It sits in the 
actual bottom crank, so you've got a low centre of gravity, like with an EV. Mm-hmm. The battery's quite good in it. So I just, I'm impressed with them. The, the technology, it comes on nice and smoothly, slowly tapers out so you don't get a big slowdown when you suddenly hit the speed, because in Australia they're only allowed to boost you up to 25 kilometres an hour. New Zealanders can go to 32, but oh, right. Aussies can only go to 25. Ah, uh. Good on conservative. That's right. Good on Too those keywords. Yeah. But I, I do like them. I think they're great. And I'm sure at some stage in my life I'll get a bit older, a bit softer, and I'll go, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to be sitting in the garage. My daughter won't be home, and I'll be going, gee, that looks attractive. I just <laughs> I want to go for a ride today, and oh, I'll just have one little go. And I know when I do that, that'll be it. That's it'll it. be all That's over. That's the end of it. <laughs> so uh, now does she just get like a bell under the Christmas tree uh, on December 25th? Is that <laughs> if, right? <laughs> if that, you know, that should be more than enough. Give her something to pump her tyres up with, maybe. a new drink bottle. <laughs> That's, That's <it>. all. <laughs> Okay, folks, we've got some rapid-fire tech gadgetry gift ideas to get through today. 20, no less, of the best tech-based Christmas present ideas. I hope that we're not too late for you, folks. Some of them easily wrapped. Some of them, well, good luck with that. Number one, the B-Bird N3 Pro camera-equipped ear-cleaning tweezers. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's what you'd open up with. Ear cleaning tweezers. Now, I, I will just mention the fact that all of these are available now. What we normally do on Tech Talk is talk about the future. What's coming up. Yeah. These are all things that are fairly recent in terms of when they've come out. Some of them might be maybe a year old, but most of them are months old, and you can get them. You can order them. I've made sure that all of these you can actually get online and order right now. And so, you can get ear cleaning and tweezers, this is number one. camera equipped ear cleaning tweezers. Correct, because as doctors say, the... The only thing you should put in your ear to clean it out is something smaller than your elbow. Yes. So basically don't put anything in there. And And you still see people buy cotton buds and they stick them in there and swirl them around and they just push the wax down in deeper. Well, I was actually going to say it's worth Googling, should I clean my ears? (laughs) Exactly right. And the answer is there, folks, and the answer is definitively no. Correct. But anyway. That was before Dr. Saw camera-equipped ear cleaning tweezers. Oh, right, okay. And these are cool. It these looks are endorsed like, by Dr. Oz. <laughs> that's right, or me, whichever. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like, when you look at them, they look like it looks like a little pen that sits in a charger, and it's just got a little pincer grip at the end with a camera in the middle of that and, of course, a little LED light. You connect that to your phone via Bluetooth, you shine that in your ear, you're watching your phone, and you can see exactly what's there. So hopefully you can just get in there and just, I'm making the motions now, you can see towards my (laughs) ear. Folks, it's awesome. (laughs) You you should see this. And you can actually just pull out that earwax and take care of it. Now, if you don't want to go and risk your hearing, which is probably a good thing, then I can still see these tweezers used for a whole range of other things. You get something stuck down, I don't know, maybe underneath the seat of your car or down the side between the centre console. You can never find it it or see it. It doesn't have to be ear-based. Doesn't have to be. They call them ear cleaning tweezers, but I think there's a whole range of other. Yeah. I think they're underselling themselves. Actually, yeah, yeah. I think they should be called general purpose, multifunctional. There you go, multifunctional camera equipped tweezers. tweezers. I think they should yeah. rename them. Good idea. But I, I do like the fact that we've got so much ability now with a little singular pen-sized device with enough battery power, enough camera power, enough LED power, and then, of course, everything's better with Bluetooth, so you Bluetooth <laughs> that across to your phone and watch all that. I think it's fantastic. So keep an eye out for those. If you've got someone who's got really waxy ears... Well, you know what? I, once I swatted a bug that was in my ear, and it actually just went in my oh. ear, and I could hear it trying to crawl around, <laughs> escape, and buzzing about. These tweezers would have been excellent in that <laughs> exactly instant. Exactly right. So Once you, in my life only. If you're planning on getting a bug in your ear that's going to 
to make noise and send you absolutely crazy. <laughs> this is what you need. All right, we're up to number two, folks. The PowerUp 4.0 smartphone-controlled paper airplane. It's a remote-controlled paper airplane. Now, I've been waiting for this for 40, 40 years, mate. I've actually put this in there just for me, but apparently me and you now. If I don't get one under the Christmas tree this year, well, someone's not going to make it to Christmas lunch. Well, I love my paper aeroplane flying competitions, whether it's with some school friends that we might catch up yeah. with. Still, even now, when we catch up sometimes, someone will get a few bits of paper and we'll start folding up paper aeroplanes. And I always used to go for the bullet shape, the long skinny yeah. shape that was yeah. folded over multiple times to get very little wing area and relied a lot on the throwing and just basically acting like a dart. Mm. Some of the other guys that I do it with get a bit more creative with it and actually go for a bit more wing area. It's always always about the, the sharpness of the crease for mine. Well, I thought so too. You had to get it very sharp. Yeah. To if you give folded it, it too much, it, it got rounded and it was just like throwing, I don't know, a piece of dowel at someone. But, um. <laughs> Which maybe is okay as well. But then you'd get the guys who would put just ever a little bit of a twist on some of the wings yeah. to get some extra action out of it. All of that sounds like it'll be absolutely irrelevant when I have my next paper plane, plane flying competition <laughs> with my friends because this here is fantastic. Again, it just gives you an idea of how good we're getting at shrinking down stuff. Little tiny battery, little tiny controller, again, connects to your phone with Bluetooth, and a couple of little propellers on there with the ability just to change the angle on those propellers to give you a bit of extra flight loft or a bit of extra change in direction, all controlled via your smartphone, of course. So the next <laughs> time I can see that we pull up with the competition all on, I look at all the jokes that they'll be folding ready to go, and I pull out my pathetic-looking bit of paper airplane, clip this on. It's light enough that really you just need 80-gram paper to actually right. support it. Clip it on, and away I go, and I just blow them and out of the water. until Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. Fantastic. Or, or maybe for six minutes anyway. If that, <laughs> okay, if that gets a bit of Tuesday. Yeah, okay. But even that was pretty impressive. I thought six minutes of flying time yeah. out of something that's tiny. And But that's assuming you're launching it from the ground level. Imagine if you were launching it out of a seven-story window or something <laughs> like course. that. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? That'll go till Tuesday. <laughs> that's right. That's what we were thinking of there. So <laughs> keep an eye out for the Power Up 4 smartphone-controlled paper aeroplane. All right, folks, try this on for size. Number three, the GoCube, smartphone-connected speed cube. I'm getting a feeling of a Rubik's Cube type thing here. Is that right? That's exactly right. So it is a Rubik's Cube, but... but it's not wanna, Rubik's. I don't want to say... It's Go. It's Go, that's right. But I don't want to say it for everything we're doing, but as Sheldon said in Big Bang Theory... Everything goes better with Bluetooth. So why not a Rubik's Cube with Bluetooth? Now, I actually like this idea because a few of my kids and myself, when they come home for Christmas, we sit around, we put out the Rubik's Cubes, and we have some competition, of course. And it's deadly competition. <laughs> and I'm getting a bit slow in my old age, so the kids are beating uh, me these days. in the wrists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, all yeah. those sorts of things. Whereas this here, what I like about it, and of course we argue a bit about the times we're doing, you sit the cube ready to go. It'll tell you a configuration on your phone that you should change it to ready for competition and then when you pick it up and start moving it the timer on your phone automatically starts right it stops when it knows it's got the completed solution so none of this whacking it down on the table hitting the stopwatch it's not quite done that last bit wasn't in place so you, you lose a thousandth of a second by dropping it on the table <laughs> that's, that's right and, and that, that can be the difference that, that's the difference <laughs> it does if you're a bit 
of a, or having a bit of a struggle getting the solution, then it does actually give you some hints as well. It can tell oh, right. you on screen on That's your good phone. For me. Yeah, well, it can tell you if you want this cube to go from here to here or this corner piece to get over here. This is what you need to do. So it'll give you some hints as well. But I just love the idea that it's actually indicating to you in the virtual sense on your phone what's happening in the real sense on the cube itself. Now I haven't tried one of these out. They do talk about it being a speed cube, and speed cubes. Typically, when I've played with speeding, proper speeding cubes, are a bit soft around the edges. They spin a bit easier. They mm. don't get so clunky. You don't want to be doing in, in yourself an injury on any sharp corners there. No, no, you don't want to do that. But sometimes the speed cubes come apart a bit too easily. So you, ah. you're going so fast, they're a bit looser in their joints, so they spin a bit easier, <laughs> but then they do fall apart a bit easier as well. you going... A thousand miles an hour, and then all of a sudden this thing's just exploded and it's all over the floor. You're holding the skeleton of this. And I want to know cube. what it shows on your phone when that happens. If it just shows <laughs> a, a question mark next to it, if it shows yeah. a cube in lots of pieces. But it's pretty cool. I just think that the idea of putting some of these sensors built into the cube, a battery inside it, obviously, somewhere to charge it, all these things are completely useless for practical use, but it just shows off the technology we've got available to us. Awesome. Now, if you're still a smoker, give it up for a start, but if you're still a smoker, live a little closer to the edge with this lighter with a 2023 spin on it. It's the Tesla Coil USB rechargeable lighter. Now, I'm happy to say that maybe some people who want to go out and have a little campfire might use this as well, because okay, I was seeing the same course. thing as you. I was yeah, thinking, yeah. Oh, I don't want to promote something that promotes smoking, but you use a lighter for other things as well. Yeah, you do. You might want to light some candles around your house for a, a romantic evening or just that Christmas time, maybe not in Australia because you don't want candles going <laughs> throughout the house in summer, but it's just a cool concept. Normally, obviously, you've got all that mucking around with lighter fluid mm. and you're trying to fill that up in some sort of lighter or you throw it out and buy a new one, which is not great for the environment, but I love this concept. But this looks a little bit like a taser. That's, that's exactly and what I thought of as well. it could double as one, I'm guessing. <laughs> so rather than burn someone with a lighter, you yeah. just do a little tiny mini taser <laughs> with a Tesla <laughs> coil. There's uh, Christmas fun. <laughs> that's right. We don't recommend this, of course, folks. But you can imagine Nikola Tesla, who obviously had some fantastic inventions, but imagine him coming back today saying, hey, look, there's a little arc there across that mm. on a little tiny thing you hold in your hand that's powered by a rechargeable battery this is magic. This is much better than I ever created 120 years ago whenever Nikola Tesla well, he lived. He gets the rap for it, though, doesn't he? Well, he does it? indeed. And so that's just all it does is a little arc. It, it doesn't have any flame. So blowing it out, if you're out in the windy conditions and trying to light that campfire, which I wouldn't recommend because it might start a bushfire, mm. but if you were in that situation trying to light something up, then this doesn't blow out either. It's just doing a little arc between the, the two components on the actual lighter itself. And so that little arc is enough to then light up something like a cigarette or a campfire or maybe a gas stove or something like that. So, yeah, it's quite good use uh, of modern technology. Option. Okay, folks, here's number five. Now, gluing is so 2022. No one should be doing it that anymore. How about in 2023, everyone is going to be welding their household repairs with a Bondic. Matt, hand me my gloves and my welder's mask. <laughs> <laughs> and it is very similar to welding. I mean, welding, as we know, melts two bits of metal that are yeah. next to each other and then joins them up once that metal cools down. Everything's made of plastic these days. Exactly you can't right. have it too hot. And things like 
sunglasses can be pretty expensive. You snap oh, an arm yeah, off yeah. and you think, oh. oh, and there's just not enough surface area to glue those two components together. Mm. So this was actually invented by a dentist. And in his job, he found these incredibly strong UV-cured bonding compounds that are used on the job. So he thought, well, could I apply them in some other way? So he came up with this concept of bonding. So you basically put a couple of the, or the compound on a couple of the components that are broken, and then you do a UV weld. And they estimate it's about 50 times stronger than glue. I reckon that would be stronger than the rest of the arm on a pair of sunglasses, for mm. example. But Sign me up. Yeah, that's right. If you've got something broken nowadays, I think we get to the stage where you don't worry about fixing it. You just throw it out. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right. and we're talking about uh, yeah, but having repairables now. Well, that would be nice, I think, from an environmental perspective. But when you do pay a lot of money for sunnies, for example, yeah. you snap one of those arms, you think, oh, gee, I don't know if I want to go and do that. I mean, Harry Potter probably needed this for his uh, Harry Potter series, didn't he, for his yeah. glasses. But it does sound pretty cool. Bondic, keep an eye out there for anything that you want to glue or, or bond together with plastic. Now, back in the 70s and 80s, all the kids had a Viewmaster that took you for a trip through Disneyland or what have you in 3D. And it was awesome, and I miss it, and I want one for Christmas again. Can I have one in 2022? I can do better than that for what? you. What? Forget about the Safari adventures or the Disney characters, Disneyland, all those things. Or it was like yeah, my favourite cartoons and stuff. They'd be in yeah. like 3D. It was awesome. It was. And Yogi I never had Bear one. or Flintstones or whatever, and it was just great. And I want to go home to my parents' house right now. <laughs> I want to find it, and I want to play with it again. Oh, you were one of the rich kids that had one. I could never afford one. <laughs> we actually... Friends of ours had, or friends of mine had them, and they were so cool. And can I just have a look through there? And it was this wonderful marvel of the world in front of you. But these are ones that are I've got to share with you, though. There was one, there was one that was um, uh, from a 70s TV show called Space 1999. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and have a look at it just to And see how wrong they were then. <laughs> <laughs> so this one does all of that, but it's got an extra feature. When you order this for your friend, brother, cousin, or yourself – then you can order your own reel. You upload a oh, bunch right. of photos and say, well, I don't want to see Disney characters or space in 1999. I want to see baby photos or I want to see wow. my last holiday. Yeah, right. So you create your own reel. And, of course, for the company itself, what you want to do with that is you want to get some ongoing revenue. So I'm sure they have the ability for you to keep ordering reels. So the Viewmaster itself is there. That's fine. But it's all about the consumables nowadays. Mm. So I just think that idea of saying to one of the kids, here you go, have a look through this Viewmaster. And they're going, what old technology is this? And they put it on their face and they look through it. And next thing you know, oh, that's when I was a baby dad. Look at that. How cool well, is if that? If you don't know what we're talking about, you've got to look at it. It does look extremely retro. <laughs> but uh, the idea that you could make your own discs for it, Mm. and uh, check out those uh, old family photos and stuff. That'd be awesome, I think. I, yeah. I'd, I'd do that. I don't know that I'd want to look at the, the space from 1999 <laughs> or, or the safari adventures, but looking at our own photos, I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool. All right, number seven now. Pot plants can be a little bit boring, folks, until you make them levitate. And then every pot plant is a dynamic science experiment. Levitating pot plants, Matt, what's that all about? Why not? Why not? It's not going to help with my lack of a green thumb. It's not going to do anything there, but just the idea. So you can just have a levitating pot with no plant. <laughs> so that would be a better okay. idea. Or a plastic plant in there. 300 grams in particular, or this particular one can actually support in there. So that's a bit of soil and yeah, a nice right. plant. Yeah. 
But I just think sitting on the desk, sitting in the kitchen when people walk into your house, seeing mm. a pot plant literally levitating there, I just think that looks pretty cool. Now, the other cool part is I don't know if plants get dizzy, but you could give it a little spin. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing all right. day, every day. And because there's very little friction, a little bit of air resistance there, but yeah. very little friction, then that would spin for a long time. And I reckon that'd be the coolest part of it, just give it yep. a little spin there. <laughs> of course, the base itself needs some power plugged in, so it obviously creates an electromagnetic field. There would be a magnet, a permanent magnet, in the base of the pot plant itself or the, where the plant sits, and so that would be enough to resist that, a bit like when you put two north poles together on two magnets. That's right, yep. But they've obviously got it tuned in enough that as long as it sits right there in the middle, if you'd bump it a bit, it'd fall over in a mess and put dirt everywhere. But as long as it stays in the right yeah, spot. I guess it could be a, like a ring of magnets around the outside just to, to guide this thing towards the centre. It, it probably is, yeah. I haven't actually looked at the base of one of those, but I'm that would make sense. Pull it apart and have a look. Yeah, and I'm sure people played around with it for a long time and went, oh, let's just get it right, oh, fell over. and oh. <laughs> So they've got it to the point now where it balances relatively nicely. And again, I just think that's a pretty cool idea about levitating something, taking a good old-fashioned pot plant, which has been around forever, and adding a bit of a science flick to it. Well, if you're going to levitate your pots, you might as well levitate your lamps as well, Matt. This was an obvious one, for sure. We should have had levitating lamps for ages by now. We should have, and this goes a step further. So it's a step further than the levitating pot plant. It levitates, well, it actually lets a light bulb hang. So yeah, it's, it's a still, hanging levitation. It's a hanging one, and you can do just like they do with the magician and put your hand through there, and there's no wires here. But because it's using an electromagnetic field, it's not only got a magnet, a permanent magnet, in the base of the light, but it's got a coil in there that allows it to generate enough electricity to power the light. So now, not only, cool. you, yeah, not only have you got a light just hanging there, literally connected to nothing, the light is actually on. So you're watching that and you're going, now that is just plain magic. Imagine a magician going back in time 50 years saying, I'm just going to make this thing hover and now I'll make it light up and people are just going, this person <laughs> is definitely magic. How could you possibly do that with science? So that's fantastic. And just as an added bonus, the base of this lamp is a wireless phone charger as well. So drop your phone on the base, charge your phone while you look at it the lamp. It does everything. It does everything. And, of course, you could give it a little spin as well if you wanted to, and the lamp <laughs> would spin around for a while. So We're not going to let it not be spun. Oh, it has to be spun. That's, that's obvious. All right, folks, coming in at number nine, Bluetooth speakers are so old news, but Bluetooth speakers that look like some sort of droid from Star Wars are cool and new, and if I don't get one, I'll knock over the Christmas tree, and it won't be my fault. It's an awesome little droid-looking Bluetooth speaker. It is, and that's where we're at now with speakers, aren't they? Aren't we? We've got so many features that we've become accustomed to. What else can you do with Bluetooth speakers? So I, you can make I, them look like stuff. That's right, and I wanted to have some Bluetooth speakers in here because some people still haven't got them. So I thought in my gift guide, in my 5G for Christmas, I needed some form of Bluetooth speaker, but I was just trying to find something that set themselves apart. And these Mars Pro did set themselves apart. So they're pretty cool. They've got six dynamic RGB lights on them. They've got 15 hours of playtime, all this sort of stuff you'd expect out of good speakers. They apparently sound good. I haven't heard them myself, but they do look like they're pretty wicked little creatures. If something crawled up to you in the middle of the night looking like these, you'd either be scared or say, finally, there's proof that aliens exist. <laughs> yeah. So they look cool. And if someone's looking for Bluetooth speakers out there for a present, I would say 
they're all probably going to sound about the same. They're all probably going to yeah. have similar features. Look for the so cool ones. I argue with my daughters about going for function over form rather than form over function because often they're going the other way. Yeah. In this case, I'd say go for the form over the function because they're all going to have pretty much the same function. And at number 10, folks, handheld laser engraver and cutters, folks, for that mandatory Boxing Day trip to the emergency ward. Matt, for ages six and up, <laughs> I probably these, are, these are seriously little laser engravers and cutters. I probably wouldn't recommend young children okay, all right. as a present. I think there's <laughs> probably some sort of age on them. But, but they have do someone some... handy to drive you to the hospital. Yeah? <laughs> That's right, very much so. And at least they'd know who it was because you could engrave you know, yeah, your name on their arm or something. But they're pretty cool. It is literally a handheld device and it's got a shroud over it, presumably so that you can protect other things from being hit by yeah. it. But you can literally go up, program something into it, hold the shroud over it and it will laser etch a name or whatever you might want into a device wow. that's able to be done. But it's also got a little stand that comes with it so you could actually sit for example, a can of drink on there, and it's got rollers that it will roll around as it engraves on the actual can. So they've thought of different shaped devices, so glasses, drink holders, all sorts of things. You've got, I don't know, a new e-bike, for example, you want to laser engrave. Maybe <laughs> it wouldn't be so good. It might weaken the carbon somewhere. But that type of thing where you've got something new, maybe a skateboard, you could engrave whatever you want onto all these different things, and it's a laser yeah. engraver. So it's not just a little whirring wheel and scratches out a bit of metal. It's going to do the job properly. Yeah. Thieves try and scratch that laser engraving off and see how you go. But, yeah, it's a cutter as well, so I assume that you can slice stuff with it. Yeah, but with I think laser it's laser precision. I think thin things. I don't think you yeah, can get okay. your 15 mil of sheet metal and drop it into this okay. one and then cut through it. Hopefully not anyway. It does say it's got powerful laser cutting, but I am hoping that's just for thin things. I'm not convinced <laughs> that I'd, I'd want this unleashed into the home for these thick things. Spiderwebs only, folks. <laughs> that's right. But it's pretty cool too, 600 millimetres per second. So that yeah, sounds right. pretty impressive in terms of the speed that yeah. you're able to engrave at. So you've got those lineup of things, all those trophies that you're going to give to the soccer team or whatever it might be, mm. you can make things engraved specifically for you or for your customization. And everyone's into things where you want to customize them now. It's not yeah. just a matter of getting off the shelf because it's almost a bit boring getting presents like that. You want something that, you know, someone's made an effort to get. Uh, I sometimes get jigsaw puzzles. I get some pictures made up and then get jigsaw puzzles made up. I don't know if people yeah. ever do the jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> but I just think the concept of, hey, that's a jigsaw puzzle with Pictures of us as kids or whatever. I think that's and pretty it, cool. These days, it could be a hand laser cut jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> it could indeed. <laughs> now, here's something for the kids who won't sleep at night anyway. Have an illuminating doddle pillowcase, or is that a doodle pillowcase? I think doodle. Doodle, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an illuminating doodle pillowcase, easy for me to say, um, to keep your kids awake all night. Well, it's they actually, can draw all over the pillow. They can, and then it fades out because the pillowcase is printed with luminescent ink, and so then you use a little special pen that's obviously got a nice bright light in there and you just draw a little picture on there and it will fade away after 10, 15 minutes or so. So you can doodle away and know that it's going to disappear. Too bad if you draw a beautiful bit of artwork that was worth millions of dollars, mm. but it's going to fade away. But I just think that's pretty cool where the kids can lay there in the middle of the night and just do a bit of doodling on there. Maybe can't sleep, wake up, whatever. You might draw yourself to sleep. Again, <laughs> it's just another one of those things where we've got all this technology out there and we do some wonderful things with it, but then we come up with 
groovy little ideas like this, bit quirky, bit different, but I just can see artistic kids loving the idea of laying in bed, doodling yeah. on the pillow, and mum can't see what they can draw. So they can even draw rude pictures on there. Not that I'm encouraging that, and mum would never <laughs> see what was drawn on there. All right, here's a functional one for you. The Instant Translator allows you to blurt your English and have it re-blurted into any one of 36 other languages. Does it do deep southern US like the Louisiana swamp talk? <laughs> well, actually, it was funny. I went to a Billy Joel concert the other day, and he was very impressed with Australians because he said he loves coming to Australia because he can almost understand the language because it's similar to the language that they speak back home <laughs> in the US. <laughs> and I think we're a bit the same sometimes, aren't we? That deep southern drawl, uh, even some of the... Irish accents you might get, even though they're all English, sometimes they're a bit hard to understand. Mm, so carefully. in answer to your question, no, it doesn't oh, do okay. those deep different accents. The base model or the, the base version at the moment comes with 36 languages. So you've got, I suppose, what I'd call common languages. You've got Spanish, Chinese, Turkish, Italian, French, Japanese. So many of the countries that you might see people in Australia travel to. And we've done some similar things to this before. We've looked at some similar things. What I'm impressed with with this one in particular, and the reason I've featured it here, is the reaction time. Some of the devices out there that I've seen, you'll talk into it and then you'll wait. And by the, that time, the person is not understanding really what you're doing. And then it translates and finally they get it. And then they've got to say something back. And you, it's, it's a pretty stilted conversation. Yeah. This one here will do the translation, complete that translation, and then start speaking within one and a half seconds. And that's not ah, too bad. So it's all pretty much in real time then. That's exactly right. So it's not far off. I mean, one and a half seconds can be a bit awkward, but if the person understands what's happening and that probably happens after you say, this is a translator device, speak into it in your own language, and as soon as they get that, they go, all right, I've got it now. So that one and a half seconds I think is pretty good. And the other big advantage is we've looked at some apps on phones that do something similar, but you've got to have a data connection. And logically, you'd probably be using this when you travel overseas. Yeah. And for some people, they don't want to go and put a SIM in that's got a lot of data on there because they can get expensive with an overseas SIM card. So they just use Wi-Fi as they go around, but it means they haven't got it everywhere. Yeah. And of course, the time you want this is the time that you haven't got access to Wi-Fi because you might be saying, how do I get access to Wi-Fi <laughs> in another language before I can get the translation and There's you go in a loop. <laughs> That whole uh, Abbott and Costello routine there it or does, something, yeah. Who's on first? It does sound a bit like that. But this is pretty cool. It's one really that seems to, from all the ones I've seen, it seems to be about the best in terms of its feature. It's called the Muama Anant, and I'll spell that because I'm not sure how I pronounced it, M-U-A-M-A-E-N-E-N-C-E. So have a look at that one. Pretty good, and it's basically something that I can see as we can get these borders open up and travel again, something that is more and more useful. For sure. Okay, so if a smartwatch is too big and too wristy for you, try a smart ring to track your day-to-day goings-on. Matt, the smart ring. I am blown away by this. The smart rings have been getting a bit of traction, getting there slowly. They've been a bit clumsy and a bit big and... They've got a fit of battery inside them, mm. but now we're getting to the point, and this one in particular, the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A Ring, this one in particular tracks your sleep, tracks your heart rate, tracks your oxygen level, tracks your recovery after some exercise. So it's pretty impressive, all of that, with a little ring that you just sit on your finger. Obviously, mm. it, it links up to your phone via huh, Bluetooth, surprise, <laughs> surprise, but it's still got to have enough battery power 
to analyse all that, to track all that before it sends that information across or as it sends its information across to a phone. So I was pretty impressed with that. You actually get several days battery life out of it, depending on how active you are, obviously. But I thought, that I thought, oh, this is going to be something that you have to charge up three times a day. But it's not too big. And again, some of the ones I've seen in the past are so chunky that you'd feel like you're almost like Dr. Spock when you've got your fingers spread apart yeah. there. This one, actually, you could hold your hand quite sensibly. And if you ride a bike or you go out running or you're playing a bit of tennis, you could actually wear that while you're doing all of that, which is what you want to do. That's very sleek and probably looks pretty good on you too. It probably does. That's right. I'm not sure how a partner would feel if you gave them that as an engagement ring, for example. <laughs> might be a little bit, what are you saying, that I Might need to do some weight here? Slap in the face or something. Yeah, <laughs> That's but right. But I, I think it would be worthwhile getting for someone as a present. The only tricky part is getting the ring size right. You want to have it so that it doesn't cut off circulation and they lose a finger. Oh, yeah, of course. But if it's sloppy and loose, it doesn't actually allow it to track all the things you need to track. There is that when you order it, you actually can get a little plastic sizing module sent out first get the size exactly right before you then get the ring. So it can be a two-step process. But even if you said to someone as a present, this is what I'm getting you. Now, you just need to get your finger right in this particular device here, and then it'll come in. Not quite as exciting as having the actual thing under the Christmas tree. sneaky thing to surprise someone with. Yeah, that's Particularly if you go up to, say, your wife and say, can you put your finger in this? And (laughs) and she's oh, I'm going to get a gold ring or another (laughs) diamond or something like that. And... And you, Are you saying this wouldn't be as exciting as a diamond this, ring? This, well, for some people it would be. Though this is actually cheaper than most diamond rings I've seen. Oh, and practical. I hope so. That's the thing that I get out of, out of diamond rings. Don't get me started. Where's the practicality of that? And you know, I, I can have that argument with my wife all day long. But it <laughs> looks good. It looks good. Yeah, but where's the practicality of that? So go for this option if someone is practical in your life. Don't get it if someone's a diamond ring. Yeah, it's <laughs> Everyone needs a robot, and if you don't have one yet, then why not start with a palm-sized robot dog? Why not? Why not? This is manufactured by a company called Petoy, P-E-T-O-I, and their main goal is to produce simple, innovative pets. Now, I would have thought that meant they were a dog breeding company or a cat breeding company, but Mm -hmm. no, they want to produce simple, innovative pets that are, well, robots. And why not? Minus the poop. (laughs) Minus the poop. Minus... The ongoing veterinary bills, sorry to all the vets out there, but this is the sort of thing that I think if you've got someone, probably a child in your life, that you can see having some sort of future in robotics, in programming maybe, if you just want to really fuel those sort of ideas they've got at an early age, this is the sort of thing that I think would be great for them. You put it together yourself for a start. It's controlled by your smartphone. You program it. can even carry a little bit of cargo, about 450 grams. How much does a can of beer weigh? Is it probably about that? Yeah, grams? Be about, yeah. I reckon it'd be about 385 grams yeah, or something. there yeah, you go. Right. So enough to carry around maybe a, a little beer. I'm not sure how stable it is. <laughs> but you can make it do tricks. You can make it roll over. It really is something big enough to fit in the palm of your hand. But again, I just think it would be giving someone some excitement about, oh, look what I did there, Dad. I got it to flip over and I had to program these lines of code to make it happen. And this is one of those little knick-knack toys that everyone wants to have a go at on Christmas Day and then on Boxing Day. It keeps everyone occupied all the way through New Year's. And you're saying that after that? Well, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Folks, go and get one of these and then report in. Tell us how long you lasted for. That's right. But I think if you had someone who had some interest in that, it would last for a long time. Absolutely. Maybe for the rest of the family. By the end of Christmas Day, they might be sick of it. <laughs> okay, we've seen it flip over 28 <laughs> times so far. Can you do another trick with it? <laughs> Bring the can of beer might be bad, not a bad trick either.
Okay, people, now number 15. The ideal gift for Christmas afternoon and the Boxing Day test is the couch console. It looks a bit like a stable table, but this one's a bit funky. And I struggled to fit it into a Tech Talk gift guide, but it was too cool. It was just too cool? <laughs> I just imagined someone sitting there using their phone, using their devices, and having their nice drink, coffee, wine, whatever. Mm. And, of course, you spill it on your electronic yeah. devices. They aren't all waterproof these days. So it's actually a modular device. It sits up like a tray, but it's got some depth to the tray. It's got one place for a cup, one place for some food maybe, and then a larger tray for things like your phone, an iPad, maybe glasses, remote control, whatever it might be on there. But they're all modular, so they'll click in and out. So you end up with four glasses for four friends, of course, not, oh, okay. not for one person with four glasses having there, but it's all self-balancing. So the cup so sits there. So you can even carry it from the kitchen with minimal chance of spilling. And you can even sit it on the couch. Then when you sit down and the whole thing moves, the self-balancing cup uh. actually balances completely. So sitting back on the couch, playing games, watching TV, whatever you might want to do, I just thought it looked too cool not to include in some sort of vague tech talk-ish no, it'll do me. It passes. Well done. <laughs> nice choice. All right, folks. So when your remote-controlled paper plane gets stuck on the roof, it's time to pull out the, wait for it, the Metafly. Get a load of this, folks. The Metafly. I was waiting for you to go for Ornithopter. <laughs> or the Ornithopter. <laughs> <laughs> so this is for the people who have had every drone that you can possibly have and they've played with those and they're sick of going for those drones and they just want something a bit different. That looks a bit more like an in insect. And Exactly right. In terms of drone, it's not great. Its speed goes up to about 18 kilometres an hour. It's got about 100 metre range from the controller. Eight-minute flight time, but it looks like a big bug. Mm. <laughs> it's flapping its wings like a big bug. Now, you can imagine it how hard really that was. It's really fragile, but I just reckon it, it probably goes like the clappers. It's probably great. <laughs> it yeah. is. Now, I worry when someone makes this claim. They say crash-proof. Ah. They obviously haven't had enough of my friends playing with one of these. <laughs> <laughs> crash-resistant, I can get. As soon as you read that on the box. <laughs> you know, you've got to challenge it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> that is a challenge. You're going to get your brother. This is your present and your brother's going to test it That's out. That's right. <laughs> so the Metafly looks cool. I like the fact that someone said, well, flies, birds, they all get around with wings. Surely we can do something like that. So they've designed it and they've got a thing that flies just like a bird, just like an insect. But, yeah, I, just, I wonder about the noise as well. Drones can be noisy and annoying, but can you imagine what this would be like with little mechanical wings flapping away there at some incredible speed? I don't know how fast they go, but it's uh, it's obviously going to be pretty fast to keep it upright. So it looks cool. I don't know how useful it'll be. Don't know how long it'll last, but it sounds like a cool <laughs> present. This next little number would have definitely featured in any Eddie Santa sack back in the day if it had been around back then, but we're living in the future now, folks, so obviously that couldn't have happened. But this has got Eddie Family Christmas written all over it. The ClickBot Modular Robot Kit. This is the sort of thing everyone would have had been interested in and, and there would have been fights over. It's a little bit like the Petoy, but it's actually got wheels on this one. So rather than like the pet dog with 
legs that can walk around. This one's got wheels. Same sort but of thing. It looks like you can shape it yourself. It's a little bit like Lego, yeah. but not Lego, and it's all sort of you know lumpy and modular. Correct. So modular design, battery-powered, control it with an app. Really the whole idea of getting this is if someone's interested in some sort of programming and you look at this one and you think, well, click bot, and that's without the K, so C-L-I-C-B-O-T. Mm. It is called an educational robot kit, but I wouldn't let the kids see the educational part. Just you want it to be a toy. As soon as they see educational, they might mm, go, right, I want to play with that. I might learn something out of that. Use the Python coding language to actually program it. So again... Kids that are interested in programming, what a great way for them to get excited about things, annoy the rest of the family as this thing comes around and does things. It's got little pincers you can use. It's yeah, it won't wheels. just drive around. It's going to drive around and pick stuff up, yeah, now which again, is the best sort of driving around. Can it can it pick up a can of beer? I think that's an Whoa. important thing. There seems to be a theme here yeah. around Christmas. <laughs> to impress some of the rest of the family, just taking a can of beer to them, I think, is probably one of those ways you can impress people. With enough people. blue tack, it'll pick up a beer can. <laughs> that's good. And again keeping those people excited and interested for what's going to happen later on in life. Having skills in robotics, having skills in programming, I think is going to be a huge future for people. So this is one of those things that guarantees some sort of future for your children. Absolutely. All right, we're nearly at the end, folks. But number 18, everyone has a headlamp these days. But how many people have a multifunctional headlamp with a motion sensor? <laughs> Answer, not enough people. Get one of these, folks. It actually looks really cool. I've got headlamps for different things that I do, but they've all got a big chunky light at the front. Mm. And sometimes it's in the road. If I go <coughs> bike riding at night time, for example, it might get a bit stuck under my helmet and mm. it's all a bit clumsy. But this has just got a strip, an LED strip across the front. And I thought that was a fantastic way of actually getting a great light spread out in front of you and also making it very compact. The motion sensors, I love that idea because sometimes you come back, you take the headband off and you forget it's on. And of course, (laughs) you come back the next day, you go to turn it on and it's flat exactly right. So the motion sensor detects that nothing's happening. There's no movement. There's nothing happening at all. So it says... Well, that's probably enough. I can turn off now because obviously no one's doing anything. Obviously, if you can stay really still for long enough, you might be able to get to turn off, but you're probably <laughs> going to be challenged to do that. Um, 350 lumens, so not too bad. They talk about a powerful side beam as well that can light up to 100 metres away. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Imagine going out, spotting things in the middle yeah. of the night, spotting <laughs> birds up in trees, a whole range of or things. Or for a game of murder in the dark, someone's <laughs> going to lose an eye. That's right. Mm. So it's got that general lighting as well as a spotlight on the side of it. This is a, basically a showing off of what we can do with modern technology now, all built into a headband. You may not find it that useful. I think it sounds fantastic if you need that sort of thing. A lot of fun. Now, being a not-so-closeted nerd, I was often very pleased to receive a fresh, hardbound notebook and pen for Christmas, and come to think of it, I reckon I'd be pretty happy with that this year if anyone's looking to buy for me. But the extra tech spin folks, try a Rocket Core notebook. Matt, I'm starting to hyperventilate. Can you please take over? Now, when you say notebook, you're not talking about 
a computer notebook, are you? You're no, no, no. That I was talking about rings the lots side. of pages. It yep. had a hardbound cover and all that sort of stuff, and it was fresh and it had all that new paper, and I'd get all excited and just start writing stuff in it. <laughs> now, you might think less of me when I tell you this story, but maybe you'll think more of me after you told me that maybe, story. Maybe I will. We did a competition at one stage where one of the businesses I was associated with, we said, let's do a little gimmicky giveaway, and we came up with the idea of advertising or giving away a notebook. Now, you can imagine... with pages and... Well, we didn't specify, did we? So you can imagine that people would be pretty excited. people lining up at the door thinking they were going to get a laptop. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been there for the piece of paper and the the pen. Well, you might have been, so maybe it was more impressive for you, but we did the prize draw and said, congratulations, sir, you've won a notebook. We pulled out a $2 notebook and said, there you go. There was eventual laughter, but <laughs> I'm not sure that yeah, right. everyone was they, that impressed. They were looking with. at you going, is he for real? Now, where's the real note? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. There was no oh, real notebook. I love it. <laughs> but the Rocket Core, Core notebook might have been a bit more impressive for them. So for people like you that do love the good old-fashioned pen and paper, one of the issues, of course, is you do all your writing in that and you write some wonderful things, incredibly important things you've written in mm. there, and then something happens, you lose it, gets mm. wet, or it just gets destroyed in some various way, what you need is something like this, that as you write those notes, this is being uploaded to the cloud for you automatically. So those images, those pictures are there. You can see them in that very visual form, but they're also stored electronically. Now, you can also change so that when they upload to the cloud, they actually do an automatic conversion from writing to text so that when you actually look at it in your cloud save version, it's actually turned it into a normal word processing type document that you can then start to edit. So if you love writing a novel, handwriting a novel, but wow, what um, what uh, publisher is going to take that manuscript off your hands? None. They want it typed up. You could write all this and then it would turn into the typed word as such. Yeah, and when you're like on Christmas Day and you're writing down why you hate your sibling for <laughs> flying your ornithopter into the wall to <laughs> test right. out whether or not it was crash-proof, <laughs> well, that you know, might that's be, all kept forever and ever and ever. And that might be where you need the pictures as well. So you can draw <laughs> pictures of what you might do to your sibling after yeah. they've crashed your ornithopter. Yeah, gotcha. So I just love the idea that you could just still draw in a way that might be very, you might be a very visual person, you might like diagrams, illustrations, all that sort of thing. Do all that, that's fine, and that'll all be uploaded in that graphic format. That's amazing. Yeah, it is quite cool. Then to clean it up, you just put a drop of water on, wipe it off like you would a normal whiteboard that you can just wipe things off, make sure you use the right pen when you're doing it in the first place, and that'll all disappear, and you can go ahead and use it again and again and again, which is a bit of a problem. Because if you like getting a nice, shiny new notebook as a present, then you wouldn't need a new one because you keep oh. reusing the same one. You'd always Mate, destroy it if you had You've you created it. a real dilemma for me. And last but not least, folks, it's number 20. You've seen how, seen by now, the endless stream of new gym gear that easily folds and stores away under your bed. They claim to be so versatile and lightweight and user-friendly, but are frequently not. Now, I'm a gym gear skeptic, but this portable gym gear looks like you could actually take it in your carry-on luggage, Matt, when you go on a flight. It is small enough to do that, but do you remember, I can't remember the name of them, do you remember those ones that used to see advertised in fandom comics that were green and had a long bar and two ends on it and you just have to push it together? I don't know. It was like a chest expander, but in reverse, yeah? Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, yeah, And I I can't remember what it was called for the life of me. You didn't send away for that and actually get them sent. No, I saw them and I thought, that can't do much. It could basically build up some pecs maybe. And I thought of that when I saw this, but then I started reading about this a bit more 
and it sounds like literally a complete gym in one little device. It looks like the bow from a bow and arrow, so it's got a curved look to it. Right. And then you've got devices and cables and resistance and all sorts of things built in. You can change the shape of it, change it into an L shape, start working your biceps, do your quads. Basically, every muscle group in your body could be taken care of with this. Now, again, you might think, well, where's the tech in this? Well, the tech in this really is after we've used all these other devices sitting around on the couch, we go and do some exercise, surely. So this is the sort of thing you want to do some exercise. But mm. there's actually an incredible amount of technology. They call it the OYO, O-Y-O, personal gym. And essentially, it comes with, as I said, everything you could take away with you on a a suitcase, go traveling, and you know that you can still do the same workout wherever you go. 60 different workout videos they've got as part of it using this device in so many different ways. So mm. I just thought the cleverness in Extremely that. Extremely versatile. And that's it. The versatility building of that I thought was pretty cool. So, yeah, that one might struggle to hit the tech list if you think tech, all tech's got to be electronic. But if you go back to caveman, tech was a hammer that someone used to start crushing up some rocks. So tech can apply in different ways. And though he doesn't endorse it, I'm sure Chuck Norris wouldn't hate it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and that rounds off our 2022 Christmas list, folks. If you can't find something in that list for every single person on your list, then quite clearly you cannot be helped. You're on your own and stop being so difficult. Matthew, I want to thank you very much for a really fun and enlightening uh, year at Tech Talk. Well done on putting together another great show and week after week after week, it's it's a really top effort. Oh, thank you. And Merry Christmas to, of course, all our listeners. Thank you for the support we've had. We keep building those numbers up, which is fantastic and very exciting. And, of course, when we get feedback from people, I get pretty excited about that because it means people are listening out there. Yeah. Sure, we get download stats and all the rest of it, but when you actually get some real feedback from someone, it's pretty exciting. So it's been another great year. Season 2 just about to come to its conclusion, and Season 3 will build up again. But one of the things that's fascinating, and we often talk about this off-air, one of the things that's fascinating, there are so many stories out there, so many new tech yeah. devices. We normally do nine each week, but we could do nine each day. There are so many things that are happening out there in the tech world. It is fascinating, but it's exciting to be a part of it. And if I suppose from my perspective, if we feel like we can actually help communicate that out to the rest of the world and help educate people in what's happening and what's coming, I think we've done one little bit in that whole piece of moving the world forward. Yeah, charging headlong into a brave new world. And, folks, that just rounds it up. Um, thank you very much. I'm James Eddy. I've been your host today. And we love love it that you will um, constantly tune in to Tech Talk. And we look forward to having you again in 2023. Tune in again. We'll uh, see you then. Thanks very much, folks.